You are listening to Books Are My People, a podcast for book lovers with book news, recommendations, and ruminations on living a literary life in Los Angeles. This is episode 75, and I'm recording on Friday, April 22nd. I've been having so many technical difficulties today. It's just one of those days. This is actually the third time I am recording this podcast in a row because something wonky this way cometh. So hello, we are back from spring break. Palm Springs was beautiful and so fun. We lounged by the pool and read and visited the Annenberg Sunnyside Gardens. And I visited with a local artist named Samuel Fleming Lewis, whose work I love. It was nice to take a break from the usual grind. The kids now have maybe seven weeks of school until summer, and then I will have a junior in high school, which just blows my mind. Today, it is just me. I feel like it hasn't been me for a long while. Um, We have some minor construction going on here, so I've had to push some guests because jackhammering and podcasts do not go hand in hand. How is everyone out there doing in this crazy world? I've been finding it really hard to concentrate long enough to read. I mean, I'm still reading plenty, but it's been a bit of a chore to focus. If anyone out there was signed up for my UCLA scene writing course, I'm so sorry, but I've had to cancel it. My older son is flying all over North America playing hockey, and it's made my ability to teach a live course impossible. That being said, I will be offering a beginning novel writing course through my website, www.jennifercalieras.com, starting in September, and it will run for eight weeks. So if you're interested in writing a novel, come take it with me. You can read more about the class on my website and email me through the website to reserve your spot. These classes will be small, no more than eight students, and by the end, you will have written and workshopped up to 30 pages of your novel in the beginner course and more pages as you advance, as well as work out a plan for what comes next. I plan on teaching beginning in September, intermediate in January, and advanced in April. So you can even join me for the whole series and really get a lot of writing done over the course of the next year. My own hockey playing is going well. I suited up, which means a whole lot of padding and protection. And really, I like to think of the hockey stick as a tripod that I can lean on. So not the way the professionals use it, but it keeps me from falling. And if you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen I've recently become acquainted with an art supply item called a jelly plate. They make super unique monoprints, and I'm having so much fun experimenting with them. So many of you have been reaching out and connecting with me through Instagram at Jennifer Calogeras or through email at booksaremypeople at gmail.com, letting me know that you like the show and I so appreciate it. If you want to do me a huge favor, you can rate the show wherever you listen. It helps other book lovers find out about Books Are My People. I've done a huge overhaul of my Patreon program, making it easier than ever to support the show. The tiers are simple. You can join for as low as $1 a month. That's 50 cents per episode. I'll send you a bookmark and sing your praises. 
There's a $3 a month option, which gets you a bookmark, a sticker, and five personalized book recommendations from me. And my top tier is only five bucks a month and you get everything I mentioned already. Plus you can record your own one to two minute book recommendation, which I'll air on the show. So whether you've been a longtime listener or you're a new friend wondering how you can support the show, visit my Patreon page for Books Are My People, and I will leave a link in the show notes. And now it's time for some bookish news. Lock and Key will have a third and final season. We've enjoyed watching the first two seasons as a family. The series is based on Joe Hill and Gabrielle Rodriguez's comic books, which centers around the Locke family, when after a death in the family, they return to Key House, a mysterious mansion filled with magical keys, locked doors, and lots of secrets. I think it's a perfect show for middle graders that adults alike can enjoy. It will be released later this year. Sad it's ending, happy it happened. The International Booker Prize shortlist has been announced. If there's one book competition list that I think people should follow and read, I think the booker should be it, and here's why. The booker honors the finest works of translation, so you get an incredible world perspective. You don't really get a sense of what defines American work culturally until you step away from our own point of view. Our standard novel structure is not employed by writers around the world, and I find it so refreshing to see new and inventive ways of writing, new voices to tell stories, and fresh perspectives. The winner must have a book translated into English and published in the UK and Ireland. The £50,000 prize is then split between writer and translator. Doesn't that make you smile? This year's finalists include books from Norway, Japan, Argentina, India, and Poland. I will leave a link to this year's shortlist in the show notes, as well as place the books that are available in my Books Are My People bookstore on bookshop.org in case you want to pick one up. Taylor Jenkins Reid's novel, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, will become a feature film, and this makes me happy because Reid's literary agent for this novel is my current literary agent, so I'm very happy for her. The book spent a whopping 54 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list, and Reid is having a banner year in terms of development because her novels Malibu Rising and Daisy Jones and the Six are also in production for a TV series. Maybe one's a movie and one's a series. I'm not quite sure. When hip-hop artist Tupac Shakur was 11, he wrote a haiku collection for his grandfather, Black Panther Jamal Joseph, who was imprisoned at the time. This book of poetry recently sold for over $302,000. The collection apparently deals with many of the same themes explored in his adult career as a rap and hip-hop artist. He was always a poet, as I believe most rappers are. I'll be interested to see if this book gets sold to a publishing house later on. And my last bit of news today is that there's a paper shortage, which is a reader's worst nightmare. And of course, it goes back to the supply chain issues. Are you all sick of hearing those words? I feel like every time I hear anything on the news, it's supply chain, supply chain. We are definitely experiencing supply chain issues in Los Angeles, but printing plants have been closing at a steady pace while demands for books continue to grow. 
and printing that is outsourced to China is also taking a direct hit. Many of the mills in the U.S. are simply out of paper, and this is why I'm an e-reader as well as a physical book reader. I think balancing the two is not a bad thing, and in the meantime, I hope all of these paper mill owners and paper factory processors are planting tons and tons of trees, both for the planet and for future readers. That's all my news today. Now it's time for the books. My first pick this week is called Defenestrate by Renee Branham, and this came out in January. This is an amazingly unique novel that I zipped through, and it's really unlike any book I've read. The word defenestrate is a fantastic word and means to throw, as in someone, out a window. And the book leans on this as its theme, which sounds dark, and it's safe to say this is not a light read, but it is very funny in many places. Dark comedy is where I'd place this one. So there's a superstition in Marta's family specifically about falling because it's happened so many times throughout the history of her family. People have leaned on railings that didn't quite hold them. People have fallen off of roofs while cleaning gutters. They can trace the first fall to their great-great-grandfather in Prague when he, a stonemason, fell to the cobblestone below. Prague, as Marta explains, was famous for throwing men out of windows, and then we get a little brief history of this. Marta is consumed by her family legacy. She doesn't think of it so much as a curse than as something almost inevitable, like when will it be her turn to experience the fall? It does affect other family members differently. Some won't stay above the second floor, etc. And after a fight with their religious mother, Martha and her twin brother Nick decide to move to Prague, where all this falling first began. And lo and behold, Nick experiences a fall from a balcony, which Martha is trying to parse out whether or not it was an accident or on purpose. The novel is broken into tiny chapters, each with their own heading. The writing is so exquisitely sharp in this novel, it reminded me of a Maggie Nelson book who often writes nonfiction about a specific topic. It felt like that, a deep dive into defenestration within the structure of a novel. But also, it's a book about family stories that get passed along and about how these family stories can bolster or hinder us. I often get my advanced review copies in ebook format, and only when I really, really love a book and want to read it again do I then purchase a hard copy for myself. But this one I am definitely going to buy because I want it on my shelf and I know I'll read it again. And again, that's Defenestrate by Renee Branham. I am equally excited about my second pick today, which is Unlikely Animals by Annie Hartnett, and this came out on April 12th. As a huge fan of Annie Hartnett's novel, Rabbit Cake, I was so excited to read this book, and it did not disappoint. Drama, laughs, unlikely animals has it all, and everything in between. Emma Starling is a born healer, once with high hopes, but now a medical school dropout. She's returned home to take care of her dying father, Clive. Clive has animals on the brain. At least he seems to be hallucinating and having visions of animals, as well as conjuring Ernest Harold Baines, a naturalist who's been long dead. And just as an aside, Ernest Harold Baines is an actual person that Annie Hartnett vigorously researched. Aside from other uncomfortable family dynamics, Emma learns that her former best friend is missing and the police don't seem to want to put any effort into finding her. 
but Clive believes her as well as believes in her ability to help. If you are into ghosts, animals, stories about unhinged families, a little suspension of disbelief, and a story with a lot of heart that tackles the opioid epidemic in a very original way, then this book is for you. Thank you to Ballantine Books and to Nick Galley for the advanced review copy. And again, that's Unlikely Animals by Annie Hartnett. My next pick is a memoir, and it is called Hello, Molly by Molly Shannon, and it came out April 12th. This memoir is obviously about Molly Shannon, best known for her sketch comedy on Saturday Night Live. The memoir really took me by surprise with its candor. Having read a lot of memoirs by comedy writers, they tend to go for easy laughs, almost as if they're trying to novelize a stand-up routine. I think I've mentioned before on the show that my father is a comedy writer. Shannon's memoir has a refreshingly different tone. Of course, there are laughs, but overall, it feels like such an earnest look at her life's journey to becoming a comedian, including a very traumatic event that happened in her youth, which I know is on the back of the book, but I will not spoil it here. I did not know about it, and it was very shocking. A complicated relationship with her father and the struggle of rejection as an actress. After reading this book, you get the sense that Shannon is a truly kind person who cares deeply about others. Thank you to Echo and to NetGalley for the advanced review copy of this book. And again, that's Hello, Molly by Molly Shannon. Next up for me is a novel that I feel like didn't get enough publicity because it's a really fantastic book. It came out April 5th, and it's called Memphis by Tara M. Stringfellow. This is a multi-generational tale of women set in Memphis, Tennessee. It takes readers on a powerful journey. In 1995, after escaping their father's violence, 10-year-old Joan and her family returned to her mother's house of origin in Memphis. The house was built 50 years prior by Joan's grandfather in Douglas, the historic black neighborhood. But the house evokes painful memories as Joan's grandfather was later lynched after being named the first black detective in the city. This beautifully written novel, which weaves back and forth through time, draws on complex characters, all dealing with experiencing violence. The novel begs the question, how does generational violence impact descendants? Thank you to Random House and to NetGalley for the advanced review copy. And again, that's Memphis by Tara M. Stringfellow. And my final pick this week is Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus, out April 4th. This was an unexpectedly delightful read that begins with five-year-old Madeline Zott, who reads Dickens, among other sophisticated material. Her mother is the celebrated star of a popular TV series, Summer at Six, arriving at celebrity status because of the way she packed her daughter's school lunches. The story then reels back in time to 1961, where 31-year-old Elizabeth Zott is a research chemist, a rare woman in a man's field. It's here that she meets Calvin Evans, who also worked at the Hastings Research Institute, and while sparks do not fly when they initially meet, over time they grow closer. We learn how both are drawn to the sciences, as well as how co-workers resent Elizabeth for growing close with the revered Calvin. Without any spoilers, Elizabeth now finds herself hosting a TV show, but is she making the same sort of impact on the world she'd hoped to be doing as a chemist? 
This, at times laugh out loud funny, at times bittersweet novel, yields an interesting and entertaining exploration of the delicate balance women try to achieve between their careers and motherhood. Fans of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and fans of books by Emma Straub will enjoy this story. Thank you to Doubleday Books and to Nick Galley for the advanced review copy. And again, that's Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. I will be back in two weeks, hopefully with a guest, if I can pull it together with the construction. And in the meantime, all of the links to the books I've talked about and everything else I've talked about can be found in the show notes section of the podcast. I hope you all have a wonderfully bookish week.